Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. This podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Hammer Time Roofing in Saskatoon, Regina Sports Performance Center, Face First Medical Aesthetics above Gabbles on Dudney Avenue here in Regina, Mark Greshner Photography, Paul Waldo at Royal LePage here in the Queen City, Double Z Ag Sales in Weyburn, AGT Foods, Gear Up with John Ryan Foundation, and Advantage Collision in Saskatoon, and Prince Albert. And we're coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio. Go check them out at 1440 Broadway Avenue. Thanks to Aubrey Stedman and the gang for getting on board with this podcast and providing athletes here in Regina with a place to go hone their skills. And it's time to head out on the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline. Check them out in Saskatoon and surrounding area. Kevin Welsh and the gang at 262 Roof. I'm joined by Wayne Vibert, his son Ethan from Regina, went to Miller High School. Last couple of seasons has been down South Dakota State University playing offensive line down there and uh, this year Wayne big deal for him he's he's been on the roster for what last four or five weeks yes he has and and he's on the roster as they go for a championship in FCS football in Frisco Texas uh, against Sam Houston how excited is he he's really excited um this is uh been a lot of big games here but uh, even be on the roster with what is considered to be probably the best F O-line and FCS football is it's a pretty big thing, and he's really excited to be traveling. Yeah, now, the first, it's always tough to move away. How challenging has it been for your kid? Now, it's his second year. My son is down in North Dakota his first year. It was really tough on me. I couldn't move him down and all that stuff. Uh, you guys are a little more uh, experienced than me, but nobody is ready for a pandemic. How has he dealt with it? He's been dealing with it pretty good. I think last fall... Last summer into last fall was the hardest time. They didn't play in the fall, yet they reported in June, basically, to get ready for football. He was quarantined multiple times for close contacts, but other people and teammates had had it. And it was a long, hard draw. There was a lot of practices, a lot of lifts, and really nothing to see for it, right? You just went through it all. So when he came home at Christmas, he was pretty worn out and burnt out, but... He took the time off and and gathered himself and went back and has had a pretty successful season this far so far. Yeah, that's great because he's actually not just on the roster, which is a big deal in itself, being a Canadian kid, but he's actually getting game reps, which is uh, real good and probably a a good step for his psyche too because, like you said, you go a long time without playing. My kid hasn't played in a game since 2019, and you just described that's where your kid was at. So that's pretty good that he's getting on the roster. Yeah, he's he's happy with that. He's had – he's had some fortunate breaks and unfortunate for other people who have who have been injured and not been on it but but he's taken advantage of what he's got and he had some meaningful reps last game so it was exciting to see him out there playing yeah so now they got a big game here uh, saturday which in regina you can watch on abc at noon our time it's the fcs championship uh playing sam houston what do you know about that team they're gonna be probably fcsu's biggest competition so far this year they're they don't allow running inside or haven't all season and that's been south dakota state's forte so far is their running game and they're off top of running game so it's going to be a challenge i think then they think they're up to it 
but I think it's going to be a really good game. There's going to be no one-sided victory here at all. It's really good football, isn't it? I, I until until your kid went down and then my kid subsequently, I haven't really paid attention much to uh, FCS football. I know, of course, the Dresslers and the Schultz of the world, the Carson Wentz's, the Trey Lance's, but it is really good football. It is, and I think it's overlooked a lot down there. But but there's probably the top teams in the in the FCS who are ranked better than maybe a third or half of FBS teams are higher. So you're seeing a lot of players that are FBS caliber playing in the FCS because it's just, there's a lot of politics, everything else in the FBS. It's hard to crack rosters sometime. And, you see a lot of real top-caliber players playing in the FCS. So for people just tuning into this podcast, uh, Wayne and I are referencing FBS. That would be your Alabamas, your Floridas, your Tennessees, your Notre Dames, your bigger schools. FCS is the used to be Div 2, but now it's been bumped up to Div 1 second tier. But like we said, the likes of Carson Wentz and then more recently Trey Lance getting a lot of notice now. Uh, what made you guys decide, like how did his journey go from Miller High School to, to down there? Um, he he got the desire to play it at the second level quite early, I think, in his career. But really, the path that led us down there was was he played for several years with uh, with uh, South Selects, who went on camps and went in tournaments down in Florida and Texas, and and that kind of got him got him seen a little bit down there. And a recruiter picked up on some information, and we went to some of the camps with with them and that's what started getting him some offers from down there do you have tips for any parents uh, listening if they want to you know ha- uh, follow that route and go down to the states i've talked about it but just through your eyes what were some of the things some of the challenges maybe that you still face and things that people need to take care of if they want to do it they really want to do it i think the first thing you need to do is just play a lot of football and get a lot of home on that uh Especially in Saskatchewan, it's not. There's not a lot of people looking at you for for going down to NCAA. It's more out of the east and the far west that they get looked at. So you've got to get yourself on the map. Uh, playing with a group like the South Flex that travel down there and have some connections down there is part of it. You need to go to camps. That's a real big part of it. Go to camps in the states, pick some schools, travel to them. You need to introduce yourself to coaches before you get there. Twitter is your friend for. For football, that's where most of the coaches will do a lot of their talking for recruiting. But the biggest thing is get yourself seen, get out there, go to camps. A lot of schools won't even offer you unless you attend their camps. So that's a big thing to do. And and you don't really have to spend, you can spend a lot of money and go all over the place, but there's a lot of camps within a few hours driving of the the Canadian border that you can get down to and start getting seen. Very well put. So uh, because of the pandemic, I'm assuming as I talk to you, you're not going to Frisco, Texas, which is a bit of a downer, but how are you going to spend watching the game? Do you dress up in your SDSU gear? <laughs> uh, what, what are you, you going to do game day on Saturday? We do that. We dress up in our gear. We have uh, Zoom meetings with our friends and, and family so we can all watch together and do the best we can to cheer for them while we like you said, unfortunately can't be down there. It's killing us, but yeah. it is what it is right now. Regina's own Ethan Vibert. That's his dad, Wayne. Now, Wayne, before I let you go, what's your prediction? What's the score going to be? You got a score? Do you got a prediction for me on Saturday? I think it's going to be close. Um, I'm going on South Dakota State by, let's do five. Okay. Yeah. I think it'll be in the high 20s low 30s well enjoy it man congratulations and i'll be watching big time here uh, at noon on saturday on abc take care thank you very much
Later this summer, I'm going to unveil a Top 50 Can West show, kind of mimicking the NFL Top 100. Obviously, I don't have the budget of the Shield, but it's important, I think, for us to do what we can to keep this game alive and hopefully thrive, especially at the grassroots level. It seems the three-down game is in a real tough spot right now, and the future is uncertain. So I want to promote these kids in the Can West. They put in so much time and effort, not only in the classroom, but the football field and do it basically in relative obscurity except for one time a year when they're drafted and the other media people finally say hey wow that Boris is a good player. That Lacombo's a good player. Who's this Bergloff kid? Speaking of Bergloff, I had a chance to catch up with Connor Bergloff, the center of the U of S Huskies, who is drafted by Ottawa. And uh, we chatted about that and some other things for the top 50. Here's a little snippet of that. Were you surprised uh, where you went? Is that kind of where you thought you'd go? Didn't matter? Didn't really matter to me. It was like, I'm just happy that I was drafted. I didn't really know where I was going to go in the draft. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of a wait and see thing for me. How did you spend your draft night? Uh, I was laying on the couch watching the broadcast of it for the first two hours and then chilling on the couch for like 15 minutes after the fact when I got the call from my agent that I was going to Ottawa. Uh, We watch uh, the NFL draft and guys are behind the scenes and guys get a call. Hey, you want to be ready to be a red black? You never got a call like that? You were just told later that you were red black? Yeah, so I initially got the call from my agent, Rob Fry. Like, as soon as it happened, he's like, congrats. But I'm like, oh, sweet. Like, thanks. And then Coach Lapolis called me like two minutes later. What's your relationship like with your agent? Just tell us a bit about that uh, relationship. Rob's a pretty good dude. Yeah, Rob's a great guy. I mean, don't talk to him too much. Like, really when I have to. But he's always there for me, always in my corner, always hyping me up. Like, just great dude to be around. So uh, what did Lapo have to say to you? I was just excited that. I'm with Ottawa, and he thinks I can help him with the run game a bit, so I'm excited to see where that goes. What's your best attribute? You're a big dude. You're in the center of that offensive line with a very good offensive line with the U of S Huskies. What's your best attribute as an offensive lineman? I'm nasty. I'm gritty. Like, run game's my jam. Like, I told every team that. Like, that's my favorite thing to do. It's just beat on the opposition. You like to be the hammer, not the nail, so to speak. Exactly. When did you start playing football and how did you get turned on to the sport? Oh, geez. Oh, I've been playing for what's the mass now, like 15 years or something. I started playing in like grade five in the Kinsman Football League. Okay. And I started playing there because a lot of my friends were playing football. They started mm-hmm. the year before. And I was looking for something to do in the fall. And I was like, sure. So I gave it a shot and it's obviously worked out pretty well for me. How big are you right now? I'm 6'3", like 306, 307. Okay, were you always the biggest guy? When did you have that growth spurt? Were you always kind of intimidating amongst your friends, so to speak? Yeah, I was I was always the biggest guy. Little rounder, I was a little fat kid. Uh, <laughs> still fat now, but the good kind of fat. Yeah. Always been kind of big like that. The mm-hmm. main transformation was in high school, though. Like, I came in at six foot, 200 pounds. Yeah. And I left at like 6'3, 280. Were you always a lineman? Were you always an offensive lineman? I've flipped back and forth between offense and defense, majority O line, but I did play both ways in high school. What do you like best about being a center? Tough one, but uh, you know, it's nice having the veto power, driving the car. So I get to dictate what everybody does. Mm-hmm. So, like, we get to play and I make my calls. And, I mean, even if you hate my guts, like, you have to follow what I say. <laughs> like, 
That's great. That is great. But how much pressure comes with that? How much stuff? Because I, you know, we know the quarterback studies a lot, but you're the quarterback of the offensive line. Like how much pressure comes with that and how much uh, film work comes with that? A lot of pressure comes with that because like I said, like the guys have to listen to me. So if I'm wrong, I'm the one at fault. Right. So that's a lot of pressure and like any mistake, like any sack, any TFL, like that obviously eats at any lineman. But when you're the one who's solely responsible for it, it's even more so. But yeah, a lot of film work. I have to know, I have to be able to read the defense and like in instant, uh, determine what our calls are with the play we're running and get that out to the guys all in from like huddle to the line before we snap the ball. So I'm watching what fronts teams are usually in for what down and distance, like if there's personnel changes, like Calgary was running nickel and dime packages on us uh, in 2019, uh, where the safety is going to be. Cause if the safety is flowing somewhere, that means we're probably going to get a hammer blitz mm-hmm. and just stuff like that. Like it's a lot of film work. And you got to do it like that too. Like on the field, you got to know what's yeah. going on. So what's your success rate? Like, let's say out of 10 plays, how many would you, how many would you call correct? Do you think? Be honest. Eight or nine. I want to be at 10. Stuff happens. Sometimes they'll show up in a front I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And they'll just have weird motions that we're not used to. So it takes a little for us to adjust to that. So I take the losses on that. But yeah, try to be perfect as best I can. Hey, Connor, we'll talk about your relationship with the quarterback because that's got to be one where you guys got to be in sync there. Yeah. Always got to be best friends with your quarterback. And Mason's a great guy, easy to be friends with. There's a give and take. Like, I always ask him after every other play, like, how was the snap? Because, like, I can feel when it's when it's a little iffy. And then it's nice to have him tell me, like, where it is, like, if it's low to the left or up so I can adjust accordingly. And, like, he also asked me questions about the protections we're running so he can learn so he knows what our calls are and just helping him understand that even more. So it's a nice, like, symbiotic relationship we got going. It's time for the gospel according to Ballsy. Well, it's tough if friends and family don't like the person you're with. But if your pet hates them, that's easy. Bye-bye. At least according to 2,000 single people who were asked, 67% of them would dump someone if their pet didn't like them. And check this out. We value our pet's opinion of people we date over everyone else's opinion. That's just crazy. You'll trust somebody who licks their own junk before you trust your mom or best friend's opinion. When it comes to getting along with our pets, we don't give a lot of second chances. Most people said if their pet doesn't like the person immediately, it's over. The most obvious signs your pet doesn't like someone are they won't go near them, they'll claw or bite, or they'll growl or hiss. And 69% said they'd rather be in a fight with a significant other than fight with their pet. (laughs) Well, I guess then you can sleep on the couch with your dog. My dad tried to be a fan of pets growing up. He liked dogs, but I was allergic as a young kid, so he couldn't have a dog. He started bringing around cheap pets. I remember getting a mini turtle. It lasted three days. I was like a little seven-year-old crushed. Dad, my my pet Matilda, my turtle, she's dead. My dad, truly a dude ahead of his time. It's 1980. Here, son, let me teach you about recycling. Now your turtle, look, it's a Frisbee. I wonder if my dad went to the used pet store. He once brought me home a bird, a sickly looking thing with three feathers. 
And I think the thing had asthma too, because this is what it sounded like. <laughs> oh man, maybe that's why I'm not a big fan of pets. The Gospel According to Ballsy is brought to you by Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and PA. Choose Advantage Collision because they care about your safety. This has been Growing the Game with Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Rough Riders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.